Hello, and welcome back to Lonely TTRPG, the actual play and review podcast for solo TTRPG games. This week, we are going to be playing You Died, which is a Caltrip Core Souls-like RPG. Now, not going to lie, I am excited about this game. I saw this game on Twitter and super stoked for it. It's by Giles Penford on Twitter or BritRitRPG. Don't worry, links will be down in the uh, comments below, so make sure you go check that out. But before we get into it, before we get into this, first of all, welcome back. Glad to see or hear that you guys are all back again. If you like us, please go ahead and drop a subscribe. Go ahead and leave us a comment. You can hit us up on Twitter at BDDC underscore pod. You can hit us up on email at BlackDragonDungeonCompany at gmail.com. I'm really looking forward to my first fan comments really looking forward to that we also have a patreon patreon.com slash black dragon dungeon company so go check that out again all the links are down below you can check them out at your leisure at the very least what is free liking subscribing commenting all right help me get my eyes out to more people but all that aside let us go ahead and dive into this so, You Died is an immersive, solo Souls-like TTRPG created for the Caltrip Jam 2 using the Caltrip Core system. It is estimated playtime of 2-3 to three hours, we are not going to be taking that long, and it can be replayed multiple times. This game is currently in early development and feedback is widely welcomed. You are an unearthed, born from tainted soil at the foot of the deceased Giant King Korn. The putrid kingdom of Kornren lies above you, carved from the giant's decaying form. It is the fate of all unearthed to ascend through the body of the giant king and to claim the Rockskull crown, taking rule over the kingdom of Kornren, lest they rot into the earth once more. Countless try, few succeed. Shall you become the new Rockskull Monarch? <laughs> Alright, so, like I said, this is a Caltrip Core game that uses a D4. So D4 is going to be your primary roller. This also uses a standard pack of playing cards. So, right off the bat, diving into it, I do love the artwork. This front is really cool. And the Kingdom of Colren is also awesome. I love this idea for this. So, for some content warnings, we have blood, bodily fluids, body horror, body parts, bones, cannibalism, death, decay, aldrich monstrosities, insects, rats, snakes, weapons, and violence. It is a Souls game. Yes, these are all standard content warnings. So, if any of this is not your liking, please, by all means, thanks for stopping by. We do have some more friendly games, so go check those out. For play, what we're going to need is a D4, a pack of cards, pencil, paper, podcast, whatever. Some optional D6s to keep track of resources and optional determination. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and scratch determination off. I am not that determined. That's a lie. I always want to win. So set up. First, we're going to need to create our character. Then we will create our kingdom. So we're going to take a piece of paper and place it in front of you. This is your character sheet. Give your character a name, standard name, steel stash. 
All right, we start off with four hit points. Oh my God, that is awesome. So squishy. We have three earthen bulbs, which we may expend to re-roll all of your dice for one roll, taking the new roll instead. You gain one earthen bulb after defeating an end of act boss. We have zero bone fragments, which are earned by killing enemies. We have one charge of our blackened blood vial. When used, your blackened blood vial heals four HP or allows you to re-roll your dice for one roll, taking the new rolls instead. Regain charges of your vial, when you rest at a camp, place a joker card vertically next to your character sheet to represent the vial. When you use your bl black and blood vial, turn it horizontally to indicate that it has been used. Place the second joker to the side for now. When you gain a second black and blood vial, place the second joker next to your first. All right, cool. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and transition to our game board and... Get that up there. Sorry, YouTube. You guys are not going to be able to see the entire book for free. And we're going to start marking some of this stuff down. So we have 4 HP, 0 bone charges, 3 earthen bulbs, and 1 blackened blood vial. There we go. All right, let's go ahead and organize this a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. Any other old people in the audience who know where that came from? All right, so that is all of that. Stats, we have six stats with former character vitality, which is our health, endurance, strength, dex, intel, and faith. So vitality is your health, gain some extra HP for every two vitality. Endurance is our ability to dodge. Strength is heavy weapons, dexterity, nimble weapons, intelligence, magic weapons, faith, holy weapons. So you start with one point in either strength, dex, intel, or faith in zero and everything else. To place a point into a stat, you must expend bone fragments at the camp. The number of bone fragments required increases for each additional point you wish to put into that stat. Max of four per stat. So when you look at the manual, it does have a leveling table. So for each point, it costs you four to go from zero to one, eight to two, 12. And yeah, it's all multiples of four. Four is the common theme. Uh, after all, Caltrip Core is a D4 based system. So one point for something. This is going to be the most depressing character sheet I have ever made. All right, so let's see. Do we want heavy, nimble, magic, or holy weapons? So my play styles, I'm either magic or holy. I think we're going to go with... I think we're going to go with magic weapons on this one. So we'll put our one point in intelligence. All right, so weapons can be found over the course of the game. They have benefits. Starting weapons cannot be upgraded. Decide your starting weapon by taking all four aces from the deck, shuffling them, and then randomly choosing a card. Place the remaining three aces aside. All right, so once again, this is going to be one of those games where you are playing a lot with how the deck is set up, it seems like. So we're going to be using our trusty home deck. So here we have our trusty home deck. As usual for the YouTube watchers, I will be 
holding up the cards as necessary. I don't know why I'm shuffling the deck. I have to find the aces. All right, so we have all four aces. I haven't checked out these random tables yet. Again, these are all blind reacts, blind playthroughs. So hopefully the starting weapon is not going to invalidate my build. Go ahead and draw the first card. And we have the ace of spades. Oh man, that is highly fitting. For those of you who don't know, don't realize by looking at my shirt, I am a soldier. The ace of spades, grandfather death, heavy, heavy connotations with veterans. So, always amuses me when the Ace of Spades pops up. After all, it is the uh, the Ace of Spades is also the symbol of the Combat Veterans Motorcycle Association, which is a club for combat veterans to hang out, ride bikes, and do some good work. All right, so. Oh, place the remaining Aces aside. They will not be used for the rest of the run. All right, so we have the Ace of Spades. We're taking the other three Aces, and we're putting them away. They're gonna go hang out by themselves. They're gonna wait till the end of the game or until I die, which potentially is gonna be in the first five minutes. All right, so for starting weapons, spades, a bile-soaked sack. That sounds lovely. However, it does give me a plus one to faith. I knew I should have gone with faith, but whatever. It's cool, it's all cool. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. All right. So the way this is set up is you're going to take your, uh, you're going to take your cards and you're going to basically sort them out by act. This game is divided into three acts. You got act one, act two, act three, and you're going to separate out your cards by act, shuffle your act pile. And then that's how you're going to determine things. So preparation, place each value of card excluding the aces and the jokers into its own pile sh and shuffle these well. Combine your two and three value piles. Then shuffle these together to form the encounter deck. You're now ready to create act one. All right, all right, I see what we're doing. Okay, we're making 13 piles, 12 piles, 12 piles because we've already taken the aces out. We have luckily avoided the unlucky number purely by accident. All right, so now that we've done that, we're going to uh, shuffle twos and threes together. This is really difficult to do with very few cards. And that's going to form our encounter deck. Uh, for everything else. All right, so now that that's done. All right, act one, we're going to take four cards from the encounter deck, which is the twos and threes. And we're going to take random cards from seven, eight, nine, and ten. Uh, then we're going to set... Shuffle that act pile thoroughly and place it. Place one random card from the jack pile on top. So the act one pile to the top of the... Okay. Act two is four value pile. All right. Take the four cards and shuffle it into the encounter deck. Place four cards from the encounter deck into the new act pile. Then place one random card from seven, eight, nine, and ten. Shuffle the act pile and place one random card from queen. Place the second joker on top. So apparently act two is when you can find your second blood vial. And act three, we're going to shuffle the five value pile into everything. Then take a card from seven, eight, nine, and ten. Shuffle that up and place another jack, place another jack on top. 
Place three cards from the encounter deck into the new act pile. Then place one final card from the seven, eight, nine, and ten on top. Shuffle this act pile thoroughly. Then place one random card from the king pile on top. So act three is getting a lot of stuff. It is act three, so I will give it that. Place all remaining cards to the side. Do not look at them. They will not be used on this run. You have created your kingdom. All right, so we're only going to play act one. Because again... A whole bunch of this just get feel. So we're going to take four cards from our encounter deck, which we've already shuffled up. So one, one, two, three, and four. And then let's see, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And we are going to shuffle this deck up. I almost have enough cards to do it. Not really. That's a lie. Apparently, I can't shuffle a handful of cards. To all of you watching thinking this is pathetic, I'm sorry. My poker days were back in college, and that was 16 years ago. All right, now we're going to take a jack, and we're going to place that jack card on top. Everything else can be put off to the side, so I'm going to go ahead and scoot the rest of the stuff away because I have no more working space on my desk at the moment. Alright, so this game is played in three acts. Each act has encounters and ends in a boss battle. After you defeat all three acts, you rise as the Rock Skull Monarch and win the game. When you're ready to start, take the Act 1 pile for Act 1 and place it next to your character sheet. Turn over the whole pile and begin the act. Oh, okay. So the Jack seems to be the boss monster. So we're just going to flip this whole thing over from this way to this way. And that is going to be how we do things. So as you progress through the act pile, you run into different encounters. Some of these are good, some bad. Some have the chance to be good and bad. Refer to the sections below to figure it out. After you finish an encounter, perform the action indicated by the encounter's after action description. This will reveal the next encounter. Some encounters may be encountered more than once and place face down into the next act pile into what is called the rebirth pile. Before you reveal the next encounter in the act pile, you may choose to do any of the following by performing the after encounter section. Heal by using a blood vial, swap your weapons, discard a weapon, or return to camp. So we've talked about returning to camp a lot. Let's see what that is. Returning to camp. You can choose to return to camp as many times as you like. You automatically return to camp after defeating an act boss. When you choose to return to camp, you may reveal the next encounter in the act pile before returning. When you return to camp, perform the following actions. Place all cards in the rebirth pile back into the act pile. They should be in the same order that you first encountered them. Turn your blood vial, your black and blood vial cards vertical, replenishing them. Restore all your HP. Camp is safe. The one true place you can rest in the whole of the kingdom. When you return to camp, you may graft bone fragments onto your body to put points into your stats. The only time you may do this is during a rest at camp. You may also upgrade weapons using skull shards and freely equip whichever weapon you like from your inventory. Once you're ready, head back out into the act again, or if you've just been a boss, begin the next act. So immediately following return to camp, it does talk about death. We'll go ahead and talk about that now before we get into the game because we seem to be very close. Death is a part of the game. It's even in the title. You just dropped all your bone fragments and earthly soil-like body has reformed at camp. 
To regain your lost fragments, you must make your way back to where you died, defeat the encounter that killed you. If you die again before reaching that point, you must turn that encounter card vertically and mark the bowling fragments it held as lost forever. So before you before you return to camp after dying, make sure you write down how many bone fragments you had, then reduce your current bone fragments to zero. Turn the encounter card that killed you horizontally and leave it on top of the pile. Place all cards in the rebirth pile back into the act pile on top of the horizontal card. They should be in the same order and turn your black and blood vial cards vertical. All right, so basically what it sounds like is if you die, all your rebirth cards go in, you get all your HP back, you get all your health vials back. If you have anything in rebirth, it goes back on top. If you make it back to your fragments and win, then you get everything. If not, those are lost forever and you just continue to suck. So with that, if you encounter an enemy or a boss, you enter combat. A combat has three phases, enemy, player, item. These phases cycle until the player or enemy reaches zero HP. When damage is dealt, subtract it from the HP of the target. So for the enemy phase, the enemy attacks you when you either dodge or parry. To dodge, roll a 1d4. To parry, roll a 1d4. So with Caltrip Core, all right, again, it's a d4 based system. So one is a critical fail, four is a critical success. So the way that this defines that is for a dodge, one is a critical hit, they get double damage, two is a full blow, normal damage, three, glancing strike, half damage, rounded down to a minimum of one, and if you roll a four, you've successfully dodged the attack. For parry on a four, you successfully deflect the attack and deal a critical hit. Any other value, you must try to dodge, but roll one fewer die. If you have no dodge die to roll, the enemy automatically scores a critical. So we appear to be using dice pools, and I miss that. On your phase, you attack with your weapon. You must roll to hit the enemy using the stat of your choice. If you have zero points in the stat, you are considered untrained. When you're untrained, you must roll 1d4 before you attack. On a 1 or a 2, the attack fails. On 3 or 4, you may attack if you had, as if you had one point. So that is actually kind of brutal right there. If you have a zero in anything and you need to attack with that stat, you have to roll just to see if you can do it. And then you get to attack. And there's still a 25% chance that you deal no damage on the attack because the attack is still a D4. One, none, two, half, three, full, four, critical, double. Yay. And then on the item phase, you can either drink a black and blood vial, healing 4 HP, or swap out your weapon for another one. Now, if you kill the enemy, you gain a number of bone fragments based on the bone fragment reward table. Which is also going to be based on whatever the card is. So, whatever card you have for that, that's going to be how many bone fragments you have. Check the table. It's actually not a one-for-one. -one. For example, two and three is worth two bone fragments. So make sure you check the table for that. There are a number of different types of encounters. You have enemy encounters. You have special encounters which seem to be based on the suit, weapons, you can find weapons, and skull shards, and NPCs. 
Finally, you have your bosses, which are your face cards, your jacks, your kings, your queens. Those are all going to be at the end. That makes Act 3 even more brutal because there is a boss in the middle of that thing. And then the rest of the manual, which is 57 pages, by the way, seems to include just how to deal with all that stuff. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and dive on in because we're already we're already 20 to 30 minutes into this and we haven't even started playing the game yet. So right up front. All right. First card. Act one. Three of hearts. Uh, so that is an enemy card and it is a heart. So it's going to be a black and blood knight. So enemies have weaknesses and strengths based on the faction they belong to determined by their suit. You deal an extra one damage when rolling to attack using the statistic of an enemy is weak against and one fewer when using a statistic the enemy is strong against. This is applied after normal damage is calculated. All right, so basically it's a plus one at the end. So if you score a critical, you don't get to do four plus one times two. It's four times two plus one. So like I said, we we found some of the black and blood knights, which are birthed from the decaying blood of the giant king Korn. The black and blood knights rule over the realm of Inner Heart, the torso area. Led by the Lord of Black and Blood, these knights valiantly defend the kingdom from invaders while bending to the higher order of Rock Skull Magi. All is not well, however, in these lands, for these knights are losing sense of who they once were, slipping into realms of decay and corruption. They also do seem to have an ability that is called Curdle Blood, where I need to roll a 1d4, and on a 1 or a 2, I lose a charge of my blood vial all right outstanding i rolled a four i probably should have saved that for later on in the game but it's a d4 so i do not lose any charge on my vial so as i journey through the city at the feet of the giant king wandering my way through the back alleys uh, i do come across a a black and blood knight who seems to be attempting to stop me in my path he raises his sword menacingly, and I am forced with nothing else to do but attempt to dodge his attack. Unfortunately for me, he strikes quickly and surely, and I receive a critical hit. All right, so critical hit. I'm going to end up losing half of my health on that one. That one hurt. That's not very nice. So I'm going to have to swipe at them. And I get a three. So that's just going to be a normal hit. Now, the Black and Blood Knight is going to have three HP. So we are both down to two. I have no items to use. So I'm just going to... I'm going to double check the parry rolls again. I'm going to attempt to parry his attack as he rolls... Or as he swings at me once more. And I successfully parry. So not only do I parry, but I deal a critical hit to them. I'm attacking with intelligence. Because I'm attacking with my magic and my bile soak sack. That's actually going to deal four. And I do manage to successfully kill the Blackened Blood Knight. Outstanding. 
So based on the value, I earned two bone fragments. I now have two bone fragments. That should be fragments, not charges. But I'm also hurting. So I think I'm going to go ahead and return to camp. If for no other reason than to catch a short rest. This was, uh, this was not pleasant running into this guy. This world is definitely more dangerous than I thought. I need to... I need to make my way back to camp. I need to catch a short breather. I need to just prepare myself. Unfortunately, I don't have enough bone fragments to be able to do anything. But on the bright side, I get I get a little bit of uh, natural healing. Uh, so for my next encounter, as I head back into town, I'm going to get the two of spades. So that is another joyous event. That is going to be the bile blights. So the bile blights are twisted on earth and vile monstrosities born from the decaying lower body. Not necessarily a faction more than they are a collective entities which coexist within the same region. So they also have the ability of unlucky poison. So when you next roll A4, you take one damage. The stacks have taken multiple consecutive times. So as I continue to try to navigate my way through the city, I now once again run up against a bile blight. This is not good. This is not pleasant. This seething, pulsing, almost humanoid figure just standing in front of me. And as it reaches out to attack me, I'm going to go ahead and attempt to parry its blow. That is a two. That parry failed, so I'm forced to dodge. That is a four, so I take no damage from that. Outstanding. And I'm going to strike back with my bio-soak stack. Once again, I'm going to use intelligence on this, trying to tap into some of my magic as I try to help ease this poor tortured creature from the world that is a three so that's going to be a glancing blow so that's going to be one damage off of its two hit points uh, once again it rears up angered that i managed to hurt it and it's going to attempt to attack again once again i'm going to attempt to parry the attack that fails so i must dodge double fail i'm going to go ahead and take another two points of damage here very not pleasant. I am not happy as it uh, as it connects with me and I feel its corruption just ooze on me. Um, a creature that was once so very like me. Luckily, that anger fuels me and I crit against it, sending it it sending it to its doom, returning it back to the earth from which it is the vile corruption of, gaining two bone fragments. So, I am now at four bone fragments. That can increase my level in anything by one when I go back to camp, which is, of course, what I'm going to do. I took... Look, I'm at half health. I'm going back to camp. I'm going to go... I'm going to go take another nap. This is not, like... This is not a nice place. I am not happy here. Nobody is happy here. So, as we go back to camp, we're going to consider... So this is where it gets uh, this is where it gets tricky. So if I increase my vitality, I get some more HP. Actually, no, it's not even tricky. Let's go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and trade some of our bone fragments in for some vitality. 
because more health is always going to be more beneficial. Things are only going to get harder as we go on. It's one of those, yes, it would be nice to kind of save up and try to get some of the other stuff. But, you know, it's also a case of, hey, I need to be able to survive more than like two rounds of combat. All right, so moving right along with our next encounter, we have the Nine of Diamonds. So for the Nine of Diamonds, so first of all, uh, we're going to get a Skull Shard. So that's nice. All right, so we get to place this in our inventory. We find a fragment of Cone Skull, which may be used to upgrade weapons. Add the Skull Shard to your inventory. Weapons may be upgraded using a Skull Shard indicated by the card. All weapons apart from starting weapons may be upgraded once by discarding one or more skull shards. Act 1 and 2 weapons cost one shard to upgrade, whereas Act 3 weapons cost two. Basically, we can give a boost to statistics or we can give a boost to damage. Unfortunately, I still have the starting weapon, so I have to find a new weapon first. Moving on, we are going to get ourselves a 7 of hearts. So 7 of hearts is another special card and after encounter discard from game so you stumble across a strange oddity in the kingdom of Colren. based on the suit see what you found if you die to a special encounter treat it as if you died to an enemy so with the hearts we encounter a blood-soaked knight blocking our passage black and grime covers their form with a rusted bone sword embedded in their chest Roll a d4 plus a number of d4s equal to your dex and take the highest roll. My dex is zero, so I get to roll one d4. Joy, oh joy. I should have taken the stat update. Three, that shouldn't be too bad. The night passes by you, nothing happens. So as I'm moving back through the city, as I'm moving back through the city, I see that the night passes by me and... I breathe a sigh of relief. I breathe the sigh of relief as this night passes by me. I was not ready to fight this thing. This was not going to be pleasant. All right. So continuing on, we get another two of diamonds. So that's going to be another encounter. Diamonds are going to be the Rock Skull Magi. This is when we actually get to see some of them. So with this faction, descendants of Cone's inner mind and by others as the cheats who masqueraded positions of power, the Rock Skull Magi defend the Rock Skull crown held atop the peak of Cone's crown. Their wisdom is seldom imparted to those of the lower body, though whenever it is said, it comes across as cryptic and nonsensical. So these guys have the ability to shatter mind, which when you next attack, roll a d4. On a one or two, you become confused and attack yourself instead. You must dodge your own attack. That is insidious. As I... So, after thankfully narrowly avoiding something with the... Black Blood Knight just prowling the city. I blindly turn a corner and come across the Rock Skull Magi. They seem to be offended by me and attempt to cast their devious spells against me. I'm going to try and parry. Uh, the parry was not successful, so I must dodge. And I only take one damage. Outstanding. So glad I improved my hit points. Luckily, they only have two. What are they weak against? What are they weak against? All right, they're weak against deck and they're strong against intelligence. Mm. 
So I'm going to attack with faith because I have a plus one in that. I'm going to use my faith to try and pray these magic users away. And that is going to be a two, which is going to deal half damage, minimum of one. Luckily, I can only deal one. So they're still going to take one damage. And luckily, they have an HP of two, so they're down to one. All right, so I successfully managed to scratch this Magi, but they're going to strike back at me. As I attempt to parry, my parry fails. I try to dodge. My dodge fails, and I take two points of damage as their magic hits me dead on. Dead on with the magic. I continue my fervent prayers to Korn that he will deliver me. Deliver me from these foul, lying creatures. And he does! Huzzah! I managed to kill the Magi and send him back to the heretical depths from which he came. So, moving on, I am I am beat up. I am feeling hurt. This is not good. But, but the bright side is, I have a weapon. So, I have found a weapon, and I'm going to go ahead and take that weapon. And uh, after taking that weapon, I'm going to head back to camp. So as the Eight of Hearts, I'm going to get the Rotwood Warhammer. Ooh. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. That requires a plus one to strength. I really should have saved my bone shards. All right. I'm going to head back to camp anyway because I need the help. I need the help. I need to go back up to my six HP. And in the interest of time, I'm going to go ahead and skip the last two encounters. If you wanted to know, it was the two and ten of spades, which were going to be new fights against. Or, sorry, the spades, it was going to be the bile blights again. I say again, that's because I misread. I'm sorry, these are clubs. These are clubs. So I'm going to go ahead and skip the last two encounters, which was the two and ten of clubs, which was going to be against the slit stomach scabs. But with the two, it was just going to be another straight up fight. The ten was going to meet an NPC. So we're going to encounter a friendly NPC. Uh, you know what? We're going to skip the two. We're going to do the ten, and then we're going to do the boss fight. So... So for the slit stomach scabs, the NPC we meet is going to be Rascal the Rat Lord. And on first encounter, which is what we have here, a horde of screeching rats scurries by you. You witness a shadow manifest in the corner of the chamber, taking form from the swarm. Newcomer, eh? <laughs> Fresh meat? The strange figure awkwardly stumbles towards you, leaning on in close. There is a rancid smell on their breath, and you swear you can see rats moving under their tunic. They sniff you. Fresh meat? No, earthly meat. Earthkin! 
Earthkin, they shout. Join us, Earthkin, yes! We hunt, we hunt. Hunt the blood, hunt the hearten. They place a silver-coated rat skull in your hand before dissolving into a puddle of rats and slipping through the cracks into the floor. You are granted the pendant of rat lords. Place Rascal's card next to your sheet to represent the pendant. So the pendant of rat lord grants plus one dexterity when using a weapon which does not innately grant dexterity. You cannot be untrained when attacking with dexterity. So if I had a weapon that used dex and I already had a plus one to dex, I would get an additional plus one for this. That would be nice, but we don't have it. So instead, we're going to go ahead and fight our boss in act one. The Jack of Spades. A boss of the Bile Blights. Now, boss fights work a little bit different. They function the same as enemy encounters apart from bosses have much more health and randomize their attacks. They have the same strength and weaknesses as normal enemies. When you encounter a boss, go to the faction related to their suit and find the relevant boss. Engage in combat as you would a normal enemy, except for when the boss attacks. Now the boss attacks is going to roll a D4. So on a one, they're going to have a wind up. So the, the wind up is the first instance of damage dealt to the player by the boss's next attack or ability is increased by two. This damage is applied after the boss's base damage has been modified by a critical hit or glancing strike. If the boss rolls this ability for a second time before attacking, it instead performs a regular attack. On a two, the boss performs a regular attack. On a three, they perform their faction ability. And on a four, they perform the boss ability. So the faction boss for the Bile Blights is the Sallowed Sack. A single rotting arm protrudes from a torn sack. A yellow-tinged eye stares out from a hole in the sackcloth. As I attempt to leave the city and climb further up, I see a sack standing before me, a single yellow eye glaring at me with malevolence. And an arm reaches towards me. So first we're going to see what the boss does. All right, the boss has a wind-up. So I have a little bit of a reprieve. Um, unfortunately, this boss has a health of 10. I have a health of 6. So I'm going to attempt to attack the boss. It is not weak against anything that I'm good at. If only I could use my new weapon. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to try I'm going to try to attack with strength. So I have to roll a 3 or a 4 in order to even do my attack. I roll a 4. So I can attack as if I had my chosen stat. So I'm going to attack with strength. And I'm going to whiff it. No. No. I waste my four on an attempt to swing my bile sack at the boss. As he winds up his attack. 
And I'm going to try and parry his blow. Please parry. Oh, no. This is not good. That's not looking good for the home team. Well, luckily, no. Um, cool. I failed my parry, so I just have to dodge. So I do manage to get a glancing strike, which will half the damage, which is good because he had the winding strike, which increases their attack by two. So they normally deal two damage. This would have dealt four damage. It is half the two. So I am... I am not doing okay. I'm going to attempt to attack him again. I'm going to forego attacking with strength. No, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to attempt to attack with strength again. So let's see if I can even do it. Once again, I waste my four in that attempt, and with it, once again, this is no bueno. This is no good. Not good at all. Once again, I tried to parry. Luckily, I managed to parry the boss's uh, the boss's attack. Actually, no. This will be the boss ability. This will be the boss. We're going to go ahead and say this is the boss ability. Okay, so the boss ability is entrapped. The salad sack pulls you into the sack. And I'm going to have to roll a 3 or a 4 in an attempt to escape. Actually, so I'm going to attempt to parry that. My parry will fail. So for my next turn, I have to attempt to escape the sack. I roll a one. I do not escape. While inside, I take one point of damage. I'm down to three HP. So I am assuming that the boss is going to continue to use this for their attack. So I'm going to attempt to get out again. I once again fail to get out. So I take another point of damage. Once again, attempting to escape on my turn because the boss has no need to attack me. I am in the sack. I fail once again. I'm going to go ahead and use my blackened blood vial to try and to try and survive just a little bit longer. So that's going to increase my hit points by four, bringing me back up to five. What do my earthen bulbs do? I just remembered I had those. Alright, so I'm going to try to escape the boss again. That is a three. I managed to get out. So the boss is going to... The boss is going to prepare their attack. They roll a three. Which is going to be the faction ability. Which I think I've been using wrong this entire time. I think it only counts for the boss attacks. Which, next time I roll a four, I take one damage. Yeah, I'm not going to attempt to parry or dodge any of that. Yeah, so no, like next time I roll a four, I'm just going to take one 1d4. Or I'm sorry, I'm going to take one damage. So again, I'm going to attempt to attack with strength. I'm going to swing my bio sack with all my strength. First of all, can I do it? Yes, I can do it. But I continue to whiff my attack. I need to stop doing this. I need to just attack normally. This boss is still at... 10 health as he prepares for his attack he gets a three which is the faction ability once again i'm going to turn to my magic now and still with my attack this is awesome i'm feeling really good about myself right now 
the boss is going to attack and they're going to they're going to get a normal attack so i'm going to attempt to parry outstanding i managed to succeed in my parry so i'm going to deal critical damage to the boss back dropping their hp from 10 to 8 but i'm going to take a point of damage because they did have theirs so it is uh it is four to eight. It is not looking good. I'm going to once again turn to my magic. And I'm going to deal a glancing blow. Outstanding. My magic is going to glance off the boss. That does deal one point of damage, which is good. Let's see what the boss does in retaliation. They are winding up for another attack. So I am going to, again, turn to magic and deal one point of damage. The boss, on the other hand, is going to attempt to deal, instead of two damage, uh, they have the winding attack, they're gonna deal four, but I'm going to attempt to parry this. My parry fails, I'm going to attempt to dodge. My dodge fails horribly. My dodge fails horribly and I die. As the arm swipes out for me, I, blackness overtakes me and I slump to the ground. Darkness envelops me until at last I regain consciousness at my campfire. But that, my friends, is you died. So, like I said, this is a 57-page manual. You are going to be going back and forth a little bit. This game... This game was really fun. I did like it. It's hard to tell the time because there is a lot of going back and forth on here. Perhaps if you have access to a printer, print it out. Have the ability to like lay the rules out in front of you. The way of determining what you run into is interesting. It is a pain in the ass to set up because you have to divide your cards by number, not by suit. So you're making 13 piles and then you have to sort those piles and then, yeah, a little bit of a pain in the ass, but all in all, this is a fun game. As you saw, there is a lot that you can do with this game. Now, most of your cards are going to go back on the rebirth pile. So as I died with the boss, all of my previous encounters, aside from the weapons and the NPC, go back in the rebirth pile. So I am going to have to go back and fight all those things over again. Luckily, with the ability to go back to your campsite after every encounter, it's not as huge of a deal. So there is there is that level of there is that level of safety there. So as long as you are using your bone fragments, using your skull fragments, as soon as you get them, then you really don't have to worry about losing anything. But yeah, no, this is uh, this is definitely a fun, challenging encounter. This is definitely uh, something to check out. Does lead itself nicely to longer play, especially considering the fact that death, death like it's not permadeath. You don't lose your character completely. You don't have to start all over again from the very beginning. You just 
reset to basically the last time you were at your campfire. And with the way the rules are, like, it does seem like you do get the ability to go through and when you defeat the enemies again, you get to gain more bone fragments and get stronger and stronger and progress through. So this is not something you're going to be accomplishing in a single sit through. This is definitely a longer episode for me. As you saw, you are going to be playing through several iterations until you get the strength to even progress through Act 1, let alone getting to Act 2 and Act 3 when the creatures are getting stronger, the bosses are getting stronger, and everything is getting more intense. So definitely, definitely go and check this out. This does have a very nice feel to it. Um, so this game is Name Your Own Price on Itch. So technically you can get it for free. Look, go pay them real money. Even if it's only a couple bucks, even if, even if it's only a dollar, pay them some real money for this. There's a lot of thought that went into this game and there are a lot of things in here that I really like. I like, I like the way everything was set up. I like the way that the encounters ran. It definitely feels very old school dungeon crawl. You're not overpowered. You're not going through anything like that. Uh, you're not just powering through everything on your first playthrough. So please go give them some real money. It has appeared in several bundles already. It was in the it was in the reproductive rights bundle, which is how I got it. It is currently in the prepared to dice bundle, so you can get some more games like it for twenty bucks. Or again, you can get it by itself with naming your own price. Suggestion price is three dollars, but name whatever you want. Um, at the very least, at least give them a dollar because this game is definitely worth it. So you can find this at bitripbrit.itch.io slash you died. That is B-I-T-T-R-I-P-B-R-I-T dot itch dot I-O slash you dash died. Link is going to be down below. Go check them out. Go check out this game. Very fun. And again, if you like this playthrough and you like Lonely TTRPG, subscribe, give us a rating, tell us what you think. Totally looking forward to getting to know some of you guys. I would love to get to know some of my fans. But I have been Steel Stash. This has been Lonely TTRPG. I will catch you next time. And remember, I must ask y'all to stay awesome.